everybody. Matt Geary here for the Geek Broadcast on this Monday evening. Uh, with me tonight, as always, we have my co-host, uh, Peter Ray Allison. Good evening, everyone. And our special guests, James Balls. Hello. And Wayne Street. Hello. Gentlemen, who are you? What do you do? What's your thing? Uh, it's spaceships, like the little blue man of Lego. Uh, we do UK Starship Bridge Simulator. Um, between me and James, we have two very expansive rigs that we take to shows, live action role play, and other events. Uh, not as a job, this is technically a hobby. And basically, we build what looks like Star Trek style bridges where people man the bridge to fly out and do missions and save the world or whatever it is we've got planned for them on that event yeah what we've done is we've built bespoke rigs for each station so it is a different experience depending on which station you're at uh we've also got dmx lighting involved for effects and uh we've we've, when you hit red alert yeah (laughs) we've tried to make it as a immersive experience as we can so uh, how, how so how how does it all work together? How does the experience work for you? So your average UI come in. How does that work for me? So, so you would first of all. Oh, sorry, James, you go. <laughs> so some of this came from a bit of experience, and, and Wayne, for the most of the conventions we run, we run a set scenario that Wayne wrote. Coming up to seven years ago? Yes, yeah, seven years now. Which is the same scenario we've run at nearly every session at every kind of convention that we've gone to because no one's ever finished it. <laughs> it's the Kobayashi Maru. <laughs> it is a bit Kobayashi <laughs> We didn't intend it didn't intend to be. It just I think when Wayne wrote it, he was set at a certain skill set that he already had in the game. Yeah. And doesn't really matter, but, but what we try to do with that is have a scenario that tries to involve all of the stations. Um, the the game we use mainly for conventions is Artemis, which we're not commercially linked to Artemis. We don't sell Artemis. It's just we use that as the as the software because it's very easy for people to pick up at conventions. And if you play some of the random encounters, you're not necessarily going to get any involvement in the game as a comms officer or potentially a science officer. So Wayne put together a, a, a kind of scripted mission that takes you through each of those stations, allows the players to introduce themselves to each other. We tend to hang around for that first part of it to help each person learn the different stations and what they can do and how they respond to what they're being asked to do by the captain. So usually there's five stations and six players. So you'll have the standard helm, weapons, engineering, comms, science, and then you have a six player who doesn't have a station and they're the captain. Um, And generally, once we get through the start tutorial, most most players and teams are fairly self-taught we need very little intervention after that and it takes them through a a mission but I'm not going to tell you what the mission is because it would would have to make wine (laughs) so how how does the you know 
sort of like these consoles that you they work so do they do they have to are they how are they set up what 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 is it they sort of see in front of them what is it they they do so each one's got a very different experience going on slightly well slightly different they are all seeing different screens basically and in front of them is a um, acrylic board with some buttons on it which make life easier but they're all touch screens you can just push the buttons on there so the easiest example to run through it quickly you've got the helm officer he can fly the ship he can move left and right and go faster and slower but can't do anything else can't shoot weapons or anything so also can't see a map so suddenly he's very reliant on the science officer who can see a map and can scan things and tell you what's going on but obviously can't do a lot about it so he's got to then relay that information to say the helm officer and the weapons officer because the weapons officer needs to know what how to use his weapons what beam frequencies to set to to do the most damage but he can target things and try to shoot them, but ultimately the ship has to turn to aim to fire at things as well. So that's now free interactions going on. While that's all going on, you've got the comms officer who's trying to chat to them, trying to get the enemy to surrender in Artemis, trying to get insult the enemy. Um, so <laughs> you can send insults to them to force them to attack you, to do stupid things. And then while those four are going on, there's still an engineer... Widely, widely voted the world's worst position. I, I always Jake, it, since you've seen the big at. Yeah, I always call it the IT support. <laughs> <laughs> Have you turned the ship on and off again? <laughs> well, no, it's more if you're doing it really, really well and nobody's having any problems with the way the ship's running, nobody cares. <laughs> they only talk to you and usually to shout at you when things have gone wrong. All oh, right, so it's all IT's fault, <laughs> it's all engineering's <laughs> fault. It's, it's like, oh, I can't turn. Oh, I've got my we- powerful weapons. The shields are down. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> How does the captain fit into all this exactly? He's got to coordinate it, basically. Right. So he's got to be making the decisions. So a good captain could be very simple. So you can just shout target N16. And then all the crew will go, right, I need to turn to N16. The weapons officer knows I need to shoot N16. But he's also listening to the comms officer because the comms officer will be telling what information's coming in. And long story short, he's got to work out what's going to be useful and what decision he's got to make next. Now, some officers are great and some are awful, but in an hour session, you go through a lot of different quality of people. And that's kind of what it is. Yeah. Was it the best the best ever, ever run through was a seven year old boy who was the captain? Seven year seven seven year old girl who was girl. captain. <laughs> seven year old girl. Um but that's the basic convention layout. And then we run a couple of different softwares for other scenarios. So we also do LARP, live action role play, where we run for a system called Orion Sphere, and they have a yeah. similar experience. With slightly different software, but the basic mechanics we just ran through are identical. Uh, the only difference between that and, say, Artemis, is it's a fully GM'd experience. So, like a tabletop roleplay game, there's a GM sat there GMing the whole game. So, making live changes to the game as it's happening. And that's the sort of thing we show up at LaughCon or certain LARPs. But for the main part, the, the actual game's virtually identical. You've still got engineering on all those positions. Yeah, it's just more like you know, the the nature of the mission 
changes. Yeah, correct. Instead of a prescriptive mission, which we use for conventions for ease, because we've got to run a lot of people. Yeah. Um, for live action role play, we could have requests for anything at any given time of the day, and we gotta be live GMing that. It's it's not much of a difference to be brutally honest, but it just takes a bit more work from our point of view. Yeah, I think when I first met you about five, five years ago at the UK Games Expo, how was that the first time there, or had you been there before? Uh, we discussed. We were trying to work this out how many times, how long it go. And it was, it's close to six, seven years, isn't it? Yeah, so Dragon Days was the first event. That was yeah. Dragon Days in Newport. I, just, to, just to tell a story, when we got into this, we used to do a lot of role play and other bits and pieces. And both Wayne and I had children around the same time, about seven years ago. And Wayne came to me and suggested we do this because it might be something that was uh, nice and easy for us to do now that we had kids. <laughs> it is not. <laughs> that was a lie. <laughs> it, it was a complete and total lie. Um, yeah, so it, I think it's been about seven years. We've been to every UK Games Expo since that first year, we, apart from the one that ran last year. The COVID one, yeah. Yeah, because we... Oh, were you there last? Were you there the rec- the most recent one? Yeah, yeah, we were there recently. Ah, why did we miss Pretty it, sure. Pete? We didn't, <laughs> didn't realise you were there. That sounds we, awesome. We, we're always in the same... We're, and since the start, we've always been in the same spot in the Hilton. Yeah. That's why. You have to make a special trip over to us because we're put into two rooms in the Hilton. But that first year, we had one ship. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, which was basically a bunch of Dell PCs from memory and some custom-built units. <laughs> like you say, they're not still Dell PCs. Definitely. <laughs> um, and then this is about the fourth iteration of the rig. Okay. Yeah. It's, so it sounds like it's changed quite a lot since you first they released it. Yeah. I mean, so when we first, the first rig we as Wayne, before we were on, Wayne was saying, this isn't a business. This is something that we just do for a laugh. We used to play a lot of Artemis. Um, what is Artemis, by the way? You, you've mentioned that a couple of times. What is Artemis? Oh, it's the software, the Starship software, essentially. Yeah. It's, the, it's the software we use to run the simulation. Yeah. So it's not a software unique to us. You can go out and purchase it today if you wish. We're not affiliated with them. We actually run a number of different softwares for different purposes, but all the, all of which simulate a Starship, essentially. Yeah. The, the, at the start, we were playing Art. We were playing Artemis as a, as a group. Back is, as, yeah. as is Artemis a video game? Yeah. Yeah, it is... Relatively lightweight to run as well. You need uh, a server that's uh, one gig graphics card still. Yeah, one gig graphics card these days. Um, uh, you, not much else in terms of your spec. It said we, the original rig was just running on some very old um, Core 2 Duo machines. And we've now got those point of sale type uh, 
yeah, they're tills, essentially. They're glorified tills, yeah. um, <laughs> which I have for the job. But it's not a heavyweight bit of software, essentially, what we use to run this. Um, because it's not a heavyweight game from that point of view. It's a six-player co-op game, yes, but it's we're not talking high-end graphics or anything like that. But it doesn't need to be. We We have rapidly found over the years, and one of the reasons the rig has changed is we used to have projectors to project the main view screen star trek style up on the wall and it's virtually pointless because no one's looking at it it's uh-huh. lovely to look at as you walk into the room and you see it and you go wow that's what they're playing uh, that looks awesome but they're looking down at their screen which is just showing a number of dots and a weapons display and some ammo counts on one side that's all they want me to see they don't care about the fancy graphics up on the display so, so that's yeah. one of the reasons to keep evolving yeah, and, and also as we occasionally get a little bit of money here and there, and yes. so the first the first iteration was just Dell machines with some Dell um, cheap monitors that um, I constructed that like there was like a little wooden panel with arcade buttons in it for the buttons, and I think we bought a load of really cheap uh, like mount TV mount brackets. Yeah, yeah. That we then a wooden case around it so it was almost like a small arcade machine in the first iteration and then the second iteration was a, a bigger all-in-one cabinet and we went a bit further but we still had the Dell monitors but we stripped all the plastic off and flush mounted them and had the buttons on either side for it but they were huge because I built them thinking that we still had these whacking great Dell machines. And not long after that, we got the very small point of sale. And then yeah, we had one last year, no, sorry, three years ago, that was more like, we set up more like a desk because we wanted it to try and be more kind of self-contained, but it, it didn't travel very well. It was hard to pack. So the latest iteration that we brought out for the first time at this year's Games Expo is that um, we've got these kind of plastic cases and the flight unit... cases pretty much yeah yeah flight cases look slightly cooler but these work better <laughs> <laughs> um, but basically it, it, it's trying to make it into a self-contained unit so it, it the pieces all inside it all you need to do now to kind of set it up is screw the legs into the bottom plug the power lead into the back and the network cable into the back and, and then all the all the touch screen just kind of comes up by itself and you just power it on and you, you've got a live unit so, and that's station one up it just seems like you know you say you you, you don't do this as a, as a job and stuff i'm assuming there's like a lot of problem solving and sort of it's kind of like <laughs> one of those sort of um it's like an escape room in a certain way but you're not escaping you're just trying to navigate your way through a mission yeah so Newport Escape Rooms had it for a little while, and due to internal raglan from Newport, um, they couldn't run it anymore. But yes, essentially, it's like an escape room. Um, you're all you're co-op gaming um, in the same ilk. Um, whether we're GMing it or whether it's the pre-written scenario, that is exactly what's going on. And there's light, so when you hit red alert, the room goes red. When you shields go up, the room goes blue. Um, as you take damage to the front of the ship, that part flashes, et cetera, et cetera. We've built all that into the system, so it all happens live. Well, like, I... 
I, you know, I, I, I don't want to sound like I'm offending you or anything, but I'd never heard of this before. And then, like, Pete was like, we're, we're, we're doing this. So I had a little shifty and I was just like, that's amazing. That's such a good idea. And, you know, the, you, you have, like, there's, I've been to loads of escape rooms in Manchester and stuff and uh, I've, I've really enjoyed them, but I've never, I've never seen anything like this before. And I, I think it would be ideal for an escape room type thing, you know, as an, or an escape room experience, something like that. I think it would be amazing. Yeah. I think yeah, it's, it's just it's just our time as well though. We both work, have families <laughs> and I know that well. <laughs> and Wayne will testify that I, I said to him just before we went to the UK Games Expo that this current iteration, the kit, better last a few years. Yes, that was how it was designed to do. The the, the tension just before Games Expo kind of goes like this. <laughs> because we 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 never leave enough time to get the kits built in time. It's all, it's, we're, we're, we're scrambling last minute. <laughs> built. And it, at the moment, it's been like we've, we've built a kit, used it for a year, maybe two, then we've changed it. Yeah. The, this time you've designed something a lot more robust and those boxes and everything else we've done should be a lot more interchangeable because rebuilding it every couple of years was not sustainable because again it's not a business so it was just us going oh we want to do better <laughs> this time it was like no we're spending ages on when i say we i do a lot of the software side james does the heart the actual physical building of this stuff so james had to make sure the legs fitted inside the boxes made sure they could stack in the place so where before it was taking up like the whole of a back of a van just to get the rig there. Now it's easily going in a lot, about a quarter of the space, I'd say, James. Mm. Nice. Something like that. Yeah, and just goes on to trolleys, goes in the room, comes back out. All the wiring is in place. You're not hunting around for that Ethernet cable and right length. So we were doing that a bit this time. Well, then, yeah, I think the first year we ran it, we were definitely on the floor <laughs> finding cables, crawling under desks. <laughs> we've only sort of we've done a couple of conventions and stuff when Play Expo was in Manchester uh, when they did Play Expo um, we just get invited to that quite a lot so we'd sort of bring this gaming table from Geek and Sun here and we'd sort of bring a load of other stuff and we'd bring a TV and gaming and things like that for people that would have tournaments and stuff that was so stressful like it generally ended up with me trying to you know basically persuade people to help me load up a van (laughs) and then get everything in and out and stuff and then getting people to be there to do stuff and yeah, I, I, I understand the stress of it all. It's well, uh, the UK Games think. Expo, it's six of us, it's six yeah. of us plus partners, and that's running from 10 a.m. till midnight <sighs> over the three days. Ooh, that's 14 hours a day. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Not, this Not quite, because we get some breaks. Yeah. yeah. And and are you are you busy the whole time? Is it? Yeah, they're, they're, it's sold out. Like prizes. We we are we are sold out. We have sold out before we've gone to every convention. Wow! Uh, to every UK Games Expo. So they yeah. they they put it up. Usually, by a month or so out. It was a little bit tighter this year, but normally by a month or so out, there are no spaces left. So it's it's very yeah. We just had a run. I've got it. I I, I can't believe I've never seen it before. Like you know, it looks like such a good idea. It's it's really cool. Great fun. 
Yeah, I mean, it's again, I, I can see, like, have you ever been invited to do a team building exercises for companies? Because I can see that would be an amazing way to do a team building exercise. You're in charge of a starship. Off you go. Again, it's because we're not a business. Right. Uh, James can have his own thoughts on this. Yeah, I, I did float past my work once. We were thinking about doing it, but then internal shuffle, things changed. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I, I would agree. I, I think it is one of those things that you could do for team building exercise. Uh, I think my first instance of playing Artemis was a drunk New Year's Eve night where we hooked it up to the telly in my living room. Yeah. That was the that was the first instance I convinced everyone to have a game of it on some laptops randomly for one New Year's Eve, and our weapons officer helped destroy the ship. Well, yeah, he, well, that's getting energy back. He fired all. He, he turned all of the energy into torpedoes. <laughs> so is I like again. I've I've, I've not. Heard, yeah, I'm, I'm, people are going to shout at me, no doubt, for and, and the comments and stuff for not understanding what Artemis is and stuff. But um, yes. Yeah, so- uh, do 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 is it like land based or like you know I'm not sure how old it, how old it is but it was it a case of you could co-op with a within one computer or did you have to have multiple computers? You at- had to have multiple computers. Always uh, been built for five computers plus the captain. But you, I did talk to a group this year that played this fairly regularly online. Um, so you don't necessarily have to all be in the same physical location to play it Uh, probably easier with things like this now though because when we first started wasn't this kind of level of video chat wasn't really there so back then it was get together around someone's house with some laptops or uh down at the uh hall and um party yeah, land party. Hey, hey, I, I think we're going to have to try this at some point in time. <laughs> I'm thinking, actually, I'm thinking <laughs> the USS Geek Pride. Yeah, I think we should well try it, man. That's such a good we idea. Happily host something, I'm sure. Oh man, celebrate proper birth. We have done online using another bit of software, which is very similar to the LARP side. When all the COVID hit for those two years, obviously there was yeah. no live action role play going on because no one could get together. So the Orion Sphere were running online sessions where they were all playing over webcams like this in their kit, flying the spaceship around, doing missions that way. Oh, we should totally uh, do so... it. We should totally do it. <laughs> Such a good idea, yeah. man. We could just like, and we'll just get a bunch of the guys and we'll just sort of, yeah, and we so good. And we'll draw like lots or something to see what people's positions are and stuff. And I, I, no, I'm, I'm going to say I'll be I'll be weapons officer and I'll just shoot everything. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Pete is our local barbarian when we are doing our D and D on Thursdays, and his his answer to everything is I hit it with my axe. So I don't want yeah. to. I shoot it with my torpedoes as a sort of you know as a thing. So uh, yeah, I think James is thinking the same thing I am, which is back to original one of the original runs when I first wrote the mission. James can tell the story. <laughs> The original run when I wrote the mission. So I'll tell it. Um, when we have, we've got the same mission that we've run for years, but I've obviously needed a tiny bit of updating here and there. Because on one of the parts of the mission, you have to go to a ship. Literally all you've got to do is fly to it. There's nothing else to do in that bit of the mission apart from fly to this other ship. Of course, someone flies to this other ship and the weapons officer goes target and opens fire. <laughs> Straight away from nuclear weapons. And he just evaporates it. And then I get... 
a, a radio call from inside to the outside saying, oh, we can't get any further in this mission. And I walk in and it's like, yeah, that's because you blew up the ship. You see that comms chat where it says, just go there and chat to them. Yeah, you blew it up. Uh, <laughs> I, I had to that in any way, shape or form. I didn't expect anyone to actually do that. So, uh, <laughs> no, I'll rewrite the mission a bit then. So I had to go away after the event and rewrite that part to make sure they couldn't blow it up anymore. I know that pain so well. You'll literally, I'll spend, I will spend, well, no, sorry, I lie. I used to spend a lot of time <laughs> building up storylines, building up sort of, uh, you know, different sort of branches and stuff for them, for people to go uh, in the D&D thing. And they would go off in the completely opposite direction, completely ignore everything that I had written and do something completely insane. And I'd have to ad lib it from the, from that so it's just like i just i just stopped now i've got a sort of vague idea how things are going to happen and they just let them go because i know there's no point in me doing it because last time i did it i spent ages building this nice little map and where everybody was going to go and then they all decided the next day yeah we're not going to go there we're going to do something else completely different i was like fucking bastards so now it's turned out it is remarkable how long that scenario has lasted yeah, it, it's fairly bulletproof now, and no one's gotten, apart from that seven-year-old girl, the trick of how to complete that scenario, because I can do it single-handed uh, in under the hour that you're given, but I, I'm yeah, quite good at the game. <laughs> I wrote it, yes. Oh, right, are you, um, not meant to, are you not meant to be able to win it? Is it, is it a Kobayashi yeah, Marie sort of thing? It, no, it no, is no, winnable. It, it's, it's winnable, and the, the sessions usually run for 55 minutes ish, around there, and it will time out at the end. So something happens and it times out the game at the end. When it was written, it was gone through and it was like, yeah, you can do this easily in this amount of time. If you've played the game a lot, if you've worked together <laughs> as a crew a lot, yeah. and you're used to the, that more kind of immersive it's not just to go and shoot things you have to do some other stuff type of mission and it's just meant that when it's actually gone out in, into the wild people take a lot longer than we thought they were ever going to do to do the mission um, we have I think we talked about the fact that if ever it does really start getting finished I have to rewrite it yeah write it but <laughs> couple of years ago i think we had someone who played three times over the same weekend they did different positions to to experience different things but it was the same they were they were just playing the same mission again and they they enjoyed every single time they did it we've had people come back as well year on year but at least they forget things but that's why when we've also got software where you can GM it and sit there and do a live session with completely whatever you want to do live, uh, like a normal GM for a tabletop game. But this one's been pretty bulletproof so far. Everyone seems to enjoy it. It also, as James mentioned earlier, it makes sure every station's got something to do. So at some point, there's an important part for the comms officer, and at some point, there's an important part for the engineer. And it also shows off things like all the space whales and the black holes and the nebulas and the asteroid fields and the everything else you're going to come across in the game that you would expect in a space sci-fi game. 
they appeared in the scenario. So you can call in your helpers and you can battle pirates and then go and scan some things like you would in any sort of Star Trek's Babylon 5 style space adventure. <laughs> is is it stressful? <laughs> For us or for them? For the, for people, <laughs> is it a stressful? Is it stressful? Like, are, are do people like panic no, and stuff? Or no, very occasionally, people don't quite get it. There was someone I think this year who turned up and didn't realize it was a computer game. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, we had that. Um, the, 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 the one of the things that said to us most is, "Was it really an hour?" <laughs> Because people just get seem to just get immersed in it, and the time just shoots by. And most people come out saying that they've, they've enjoyed themselves. I mean, I, I can't think of any serious complaints we've had over it. We had this year. We had not a complaint, but someone really worried about it at the start. Yeah, because mm-hmm. they were worried about because it's cooperative. They were worried about letting the team down with oh, their right, bit okay. of it. Yeah. So I, I get why they, but we've never had anyone come out with the same issue that they walked in with. It is purely a, oh God, what if I don't read the right messages? I don't really worry about it. What we've also said is uh, we leave the comms officer with a walkie-talkie at those events, yeah. as long as they're charged, um, so that they can radio out if they get into any serious issues or they they need some help so we, we tend to step out to let them have the experience themselves but if they really need us they can call us in and we can try and nudge them in the right direction or you know point out the message they've not read yeah I, if you are outside you can there's also we put a screen outside which is called cinematic mode so people are watching what looks like again a star trek firefight going on you know as you see the ship fly past and in the all the good sci-fi shows it's one of them happening outside so you can't be there going watching them going i've got no idea what they're trying to do but as long as they're enjoying themselves i'm not worried about it yeah it's occasionally when you're looking and going it's 45 minutes in and they're only that far through (laughs) (laughs) um it's like no the ship navigates left to right is it full 3d space or is it or is it just 2d No, that, that, again, this is one of the reasons Artemis. Artemis has all the different stations. I will say is it's really just a 2D space. It has a slight variance for up and down, mm. but it's not a proper three-dimensional space. There are other games that are more realistic in their depiction of the size and scope of space but they wouldn't work well when you're trying to run a 55-minute session at a convention. I, I think like one of the first times when we played um, Brains Gone. Um, Starship Horizons at the Epsilon? When you, when you were doing you were doing the torpedo shoot and it's going... Oh, the arcs and stuff, yeah. It's going thousands of kilometres of war and you, you're sitting there going, fire! Oh, that's, that's uh, Starship Horizons, which is like a different experience again, but much bigger. Yeah, they can yeah, fire. Yeah. <laughs> <Is> that it? <laughs> <laughs> but that's got full 3D space and everything's in true size and true scale. So if you want to fly from here to Jupiter and want to do on sublight engines, it will take days, literally, in that game to do it. So you've got to use warp. But it makes it a lot more complicated to fly a ship in 3D space. Yeah. Suddenly, if you put that in front of someone at a convention, 
I can see them just going, I'm not going to enjoy this. Why? Because I've gone <laughs> really how to pilot almost a submarine yeah. at this yeah, point. Yeah. 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 yeah I mean, imagine like, it could be, you know, Artemis could be, like, again, that could be easily adapted to like submarines, like, 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 su- like a submarine simulation or. or that, there is a simulation. What was that one we played? There is a. Oh, God, I can't remember, but we didn't play it for long because so it wasn't very good. And I think it stopped development because we've tried a few of these. Uh, so I'm not going to. Uh, Abyss. That was it. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm just looking up because there was not, a board Abyss game. Crew. There was a board game called U Boot, which was sort of. Um, yeah. I, I had actually I sold recently because I, was, I wasn't playing it enough. But um, you basically are a member of the crew. You've got certain stations to do, and then you use an app the sort of kind of uh, as a periscope to sort of ship merchant ships and things like that no. yeah there's there's been u-boat space alert um oh god space cadets was probably the closest you're going to get to our experience uh and there's been one or two others space alert had a cd that you had to play the cd and that was telling you what was going on to okay. react to it so all of those are very similar experiences, but ours is on computers that are a lot smoother <laughs> and a lot quicker. <laughs> yeah, I was. I also read about um, there was a few years ago, quite a few years ago now, a, a live action LARP of Battlestar Galactica set on oh, an God. old warship. Okay, so, yeah, so you've got. Battlestar, if you're going into LARP, it's more my field than James. So if James looks like he's a bit lost, uh, because I keep an eye on <laughs> this. On it. <laughs> yeah. um, there was Battlestar Galactica. That was in Sweden, Norway. Yeah. Um, but that didn't really have a space sim to it. Oh, okay. That, they had similar things, but it was more boardy based. Now, the big one is this LARP called Odyssey that ran a couple of years ago. And they used empty Epson like we do for LARP as well, which was a big one set in a school that's rerunning in a couple of years. I've looked to get involved. I've messaged them back and forth on a couple of bits and pieces, but they probably, probably don't really care who I am, to be honest, because it was big. But all of them are very different because there's one in the States, which is also on a battleship. It's got the guy who played General Martok doing voiceovers for it. Oh. Don't ask me why. I can't remember. But it's like 600 quid a ticket. To even go to the thing. It's beautiful, but they're a slightly different experience because we're trying to do the Star Trek episode experience, essentially, which is an hour. So you cram your spaceship into one set piece where they're trying to do the whole weekend aboard a single spaceship type experience. Not to put them down, they're just doing a different thing. So Starship Horizons is being used for that one in the States, um, and Empty Epsilon is being used for the one in Norway. Uh, we've got no plans for that sort of thing as yet. We stick to the Orion Sphere lap uh, run by a friend of ours called Conan. And that's more the normal weekend experience that you would yeah. expect at LARP, except for the sci-fi setting. So in that one, you turn up and essentially you do your normal LARP. It's got Nerf guns, it's got swords, exactly the same LARP experience you get from Empire or anywhere else. And then you come down to spaceships and book a spaceship slot. So it might be something to do with plot. It might be you want to go and be pirates for an hour. It might be you want to do some mining. It doesn't matter. You come down, you book it, and we run whatever they need us to run. So that's not a preset LARP experience. That's, okay. uh, so we get 20 minutes. It doesn't tie in with the LARP sort of campaign within the... the... It can do, but it doesn't have to. Not it's right. up to the player. Potentially. They, go off. they could be doing an important plot mission for the entire thing, or they could be doing something completely unrelated to the normal plot of the entire lap, 
because they want to go off and be pirates for an hour. So they want to earn some money, so they go and be pirates, and then they come back and have whatever comeback comes on that. But it doesn't matter to us that's running the sim. It's a slightly different LARP experience, the fact you can go and do that. So you're not stuck in the normal plot line for the entire weekend. Do you dress up when you do the LARP? Uh, So, yes. Uh, It's a bit weird. So (laughs) um, it's run by another volunteer crew, which I head up. And I play a character called Mr. Dalliard. A friend of mine called Dom plays a character called Mr. Dalliard. Uh, there's a guy called Justin who plays a character called Mr. Dalliard. Um, <laughs> and you can notice there's a running theme here that continues through. It's a running joke in the game. It just makes our life easier. But yes, we turn up when in not just doing it for that, because we're LARPers as well. James uh, is LARPer. I'm a LARPer. Um, and we all wear black. So the last event, it was so hot, we wore Hawaiian shirts. Um, and we play these characters that basically rent out spaceships for the for the weekend so the players can come to us and tell us what they want to do with a spaceship and they can buy upgrades and they can buy skills and all that's incorporated into the game so it's all that you can spend that xp buy better skills come to us buy better weapons and we can do all that live at a moment's notice they can just turn up and say i want to take a ship out no problem pays your monies and out you go with a ship for an hour or two in some cases and that can go co-op missions as well so Occasionally at Expo, we didn't do it this year, but we have done in previous years. Have a long enough cable. We did have a long enough cable. Um, We could join the ships up, so you get two ships flying in the mission rather than one or doing a battle. So there'd be a big invasion, and both ships now have to work together to fight off the invasion or something of that ilk. Could both ships fight each other? Yes, but it is the worst thing to watch in the world. Really? Why? Why? Because it's not, yeah, it's just old school. It's look best, you know. Most most people are doing it in an experience. They just pull up in front of each other and shoot until the which one blows up first. Which is probably which engineer's working best. <laughs> yeah, to be brutally honest. What? What? It sounds totally very similar. Obviously to star trek but how rigid is that tone set i mean could you do like one that was kind of totally more of like red to all so someone goes red alert you have to change the bulbs well i would say actually the tone of the way that so that there's there's a there's the script and things that happen but the way it's played depends on the crew that's in there yeah and the personalities if it's a group of mates who are playing late in the evening you know maybe been to the bar for a little bit it can be a lot more comedic in the way that they're playing the game um there are players who will come along and play it very straight-laced and serious and we're star trek fans we're gonna play uh this like star trek i just remember that guy who accused me of not knowing star trek <laughs> what <laughs> what <laughs> There are UK board games as well. We were saying stuff, and he was trying to tell me stuff about Star Trek. And I said, "Yeah, I know." He said, oh, "You don't really know. You're not a fan." <laughs> right. <laughs> right. You have, you have two ships for you know. We're not fans of Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! My house is just jammed packed full of nerdy science fiction things. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I just noticed you're a Super Star Destroyer in the background. 
<laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, that's impressive. Third wish. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Not legit. <laughs> there are other ones. I do, I've got uh, from Horizons the Tornax just here. It's just out of shop. But uh, what reason that is legit? <laughs> I, I wasn't going to pay seven hundred pounds for a Super Star Destroyer. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I've got like uh, I've Not. got a Lego. I've got a Lego Death Star over there. And I got the Millen- not the big Millennium Falcon, the, the smaller one upstairs. Because Lego did a sort of kind of deal one day, and I kind of got that. But I've got a Lego uh, Death Star over here, and it's been in its box for years now and it's been in this box for years because i feel guilty even buying it and i was just like i only bought it because i was trying to mug off some kid he was giving me sass in the lego store and then i was just like ask you know i bought it to kind of show him up and then i just (laughs) got this thing now that i'm so scared of opening because i'm just like i i I shouldn't have bought this in the first place i'm determined now at some point to do it but it's just sitting there kind of going you shouldn't have bought me this was expensive you didn't need me (laughs) (laughs) i think think the reason he he was complaining because um if you've played we we set it up as a u yeah yeah we don't use the star trek layout we we have the we tend to have the helm officer and then two down the rows like that because we did try it once the star trek layout is great for tv useless because you're facing away from the people you're supposed to be talking to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Battlestar Galactica, where it's, they're in the middle and they've got all the people around them, is probably the... Uh, Optimal. Yeah. yeah. And I think that was why he was complaining. It was, was something about that and something else we'd done and it wasn't Star Trek. And, yeah, <sighs> They're the worst, the worst sort of nerds. Yeah. It's not Star Trek because, A, we don't hold that license and, B, <laughs> we've tried the VR thing and it isn't it isn't anywhere near as immersive as what we do. So no, no, it's not Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If if money was no option, we would buy a pivoting. Uh, <laughs> oh, that'll be quality. But that was James, so good. Would we would we have the joystick coming up in the middle so we could fly with manual control? The answer to that is no. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask as well. I mean, what sort of environmental effects do you have? Do you, do you have like, um, you like the red alert lights, but do you have any sort of like your smoke or anything else? So we, we've talked about it a little bit recently. Um, we haven't done so. It's mainly just been lighting. Um, but because we, we put you in a dark room, the yeah. light. Uh, kind of a, a big atmosphere. Everyone loves the disco nebula. <laughs> a light that goes off that flashes purple and green when you go through the nebula. It's, uh, I think people just go through that for fun. But um, <laughs> we have looked at, and I, I showed something to Wayne recently where it, it's in essence like a, a, a vape type yeah. of We could potentially have something where we could trigger off something to give a, a puff with damage. It's just something we need to look at and equally spend our own money on. It's also a case of even with the money, we, uh, like I had a DMX smoke machine at one point, but I went, oh, we'll plug the DMX smoke machine and fill the room full of smoke. And James pointed out the two major flaws of that. One is all the health and safety beyond that. And two, James was allergic. So oh, that was yeah. like a non- yeah. 
Yeah, so even if you can do ever special effects, the vaporizer is probably going to be the next one purely because of we, we've got to use in different environments. So sometimes it can be expo, sometimes it can be a sports hall, sometimes it's scout hut. Um, anything else could set off, yeah. Uh, anything else could set off fire alarms and stuff like yeah. that. So we're kind of stuck. Lighting being the main one, it's not a technical problem, it's purely a physical one. The vaporizers was the best idea we've come up with that might be here next year um you, you've talked about this isn't uh this isn't your job this is a labor of love um we've got jeremy Fust, uh i'm gonna bastardize your name here sir but jeremy fuster fuster i think it is what do you guys do in real life for your world in your real life world jobs we both we both work in it yeah. <laughs> not that we're stereotyping we are both IT nerds in normal life so this is a bit best of a holiday because we go away and then do some more IT sport that's <laughs> <laughs> true I, I put this away in the past a, a, a lot of I, I get quite a lot out of this from the building and the designing slightly even more than the running i've enjoyed having gone through some of these iterations and trying to come up with new ways to use what we've done to try and make it more immersive and um you know i think it was about two days after we talked about redoing the kit i'd done that 3d model and sent it to you and said, yeah. yeah so yeah all the design was looking at say still looking really good um for the new model but yeah we're this is it support all over again in so many ways hence why we're trying to make it easy we're specialists in different it fields but essentially it's it is that how you know each other from your job or you friends before this all we know each other from a lot ah okay what's your alarm system i was going to ask it what's your alarm system is it use uh so the first LARP we went to was Brave New World together. Brave New World as well. Yeah. Um, was run by some friends. Um, I'd not long been living in Wales because we were both lived in Cardiff. Um, and uh, my, my girlfriend, now wife, um, we started trying to do some role play games in the area. And one of them is we found out about Brave New World through. Skippy, I think. Skippy, Simon, yeah. Um, and we'd come along and we met you and Dom and started doing some stuff together and started doing some tabletop roleplay games, did some did some LAN parties and I've known you just, yeah. most of the time I've been living in there. So no, it wasn't work, it was more our nerdy pastimes for us together. <laughs> so it's basically like those you know, shared interest brought you together and yeah. Yeah, yeah. So who was the idea who where did the idea come from? Uh it was mine. I yeah. was responsible for this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, we've both had kids. Let's do this. It'll be easier. <laughs> yeah, live action role play. Yeah. That that was a lie. <laughs> yeah, I mean um from like initial idea to at- you know, the first deployment, how long did it take you to actually build all this stuff? A couple of months for the first one. Really? Wow. Yeah, because yeah, we, we we had the idea... That's been about summer, because we were getting ready for thinking about doing it for Dragon Days, which was 
yeah. So if we talk, we talked about this with Helen the other day about something different. It was when we did the first session in Rules Play. Yeah, yeah. Um, local gaming shop. Yeah. yeah, which was I think that was our that was our first in the wild. That was before Dragon Days. It was yes. That was our um, and I think my daughter was I think we were now was about eight and nine months old at the time. So it was months rather than wow. years that, yeah. and putting together something like that in, in in just months is like it's major accomplishment yeah it, it is but it did not look pretty <laughs> it, was a, it was a nightmare uh, to wire I, I, think it, I think if you go back on the facebook group you can scroll back through some of the pictures and you'll find the the kind of evolution of the kit as it's gone through i mean literally the first control panel was just a wedge that I drilled some holes in that an arcade buttons could fit through and were connected to a controller and USB into the PC. And the PC, I think, was just standing. Yeah, it was just a bare bones PC just, just standing, standing there. Yeah, and it, it was just that I built like a wooden surround thing for the monitor to be in at a 45 degree angle. And it, it's, it's, it, it's evolved in to try and make the kit look less like a PC as we've gone forward. For that first Dragon Days, we had to turn up on the windows on Thursday night and then go back on the Friday to finish the build. Only to step one rig. That was one shift then. Oh, wow. And it took hours. Yeah, we just we, we just didn't realise how it was going to take. And that's one of the other things that's been a driving factor in changing it is to make it more efficient. As I say, we, we were from closed to we packed everything in the van this year was... So it's like 40 minutes, 45 minutes. Wow. Or so. 40, 45 <laughs> minutes. Yeah, so the moment the last session left, we were nearly packed away, and some of the people who obviously ran the expo were walking past and said, oh, you guys taking down now? And it's like, we're done. <laughs> we're <packed. laughs> yeah. we're just waiting for you guys now. Yeah, we were just waiting for you to say goodbye. <laughs> yeah, that was it. I bugger off. We're trying to go home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> How? What have you got planned next? I mean, you mentioned before, I like, you know this this build you got right now is meant to last for a few years. Yeah. Um, are you just going to leave it for a bit, or are you kind of working on next next yeah. stage? Oh. So yeah, um, we tried out acrylic panels, which I had drilled into, which was a nightmare this year, uh, but they looked quite good. Uh, there were some cheats on how to do them, but long story short, we're going to improve upon those panels. Um, they worked. Pretty well, I think. They worked really well for what we were expecting out of them. So now, so you like, you know, you like you see in um, proper fighter jets where they've got the lit up panels with the lighting yeah. all lit up and stuff like that. We were going for that effect and it was okay. Um, it's a trick using paper with double sided printing and some acrylic, but now it needs to look better. And that's the next thing that James is working on. But if anyone wants to give us a laser engraver, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, if you could just give us one. Because at, 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 at the moment, what I, I'm testing is, uh, can I do the effect with a Dremel? Yeah. <laughs> Have you heard of like the um, makers uh, where basically? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And do keep meetings go along and things like that. But also, I just I I often I like working from home. That yeah. <laughs> Agreed. That's fair. And some and of I, this, is, yeah. Sorry, James. Sorry. And, 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 you know, I've got most of the tools and I think everything's 
generally been built here or then shipped to your house for you to do some bits for it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's it, it's there's also there's still expense about going to the makerspace and using the makerspace and you know it's more about me trying to gear myself up to buy myself a laser engraver. <laughs> Just to find it to the wife. <laughs> um, yeah, my fr- my friends keep on my good friends are all into three D printers and stuff, and they're always like, "Oh, you need to get a three D printer," and it's like, "I really don't need a three D printer. <laughs> I, mean, I, I can't justify it." You do. It's like a three D printer's just over there. Oh no! Have you got a Have you got a filament one or a resin one? What have you? What have it's you... the filament one. I do keep looking at resin ones. Yeah, my friend's got a resin one, and he 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 came in. We, we were playing some games, uh, in the Element Games in Stockport, and he, he came in, and he had this, this big box of stuff that he'd made with all this resin, and I was just like, that's it. So he'd got all this like epic 40k stuff, and then they, all these other things he made, and all the stuff you could sort of like customize your miniatures with, and he's just like, yep, yeah, just. That took me, you know, a couple of days and cost me threepence, and you know, it's not, it's not too expensive. And I was just like, "No, I'm not getting one." No. Yes, but the 3D printer costs it's more than a twopence. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was just seeing if I had anything. I don't know if I've got my scanner to hand. I'm James, unfortunately. James made me this lovely RFID. I did the electronics, but it's an RFID scanner, a Star oh, Trek nice. style setup for the LARP, so you can scan things that actually scans them and stuff like that. Oh. That was printed by James. Um, and a few other bits and pieces. I don't think he's got anything to hand. Have you? Not, not uh, anything I've built for you. I've got my 3D printed magnetic fan. Oh, very nice. <laughs> nice. Very good. Yep. Cool. But, um, yeah, yeah. You'll find things that you need a 3D printer for. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is it, though, right? Like, I've got a, um, I've got a, like, a three-bedroom house. Uh, I'm on my own, me and my dog and the cat and stuff. Uh, so, you know, I'm trying to have one room that's kind of semi-normal, but it's just, like, I've got this massive nerd cave. Then I've got upstairs, which is just, like, retro gaming and sort of, like, uh, books and things. And then I'm just like, well, this other spare room's got nothing really in it. I could put something in there. But then it's just like, if I do ever get myself a, a girlfriend and uh, they come around and it's just like, you know, unless they're, like, a super nerd like me, they're just going to go, what the hell is this? Well, this is my 3D printer room. Because <laughs> the guys on the internet told me to buy one and I can't control myself. <laughs> I, I think we we benefit we benefit from our our, our, our other halves are nerdy. Yeah. When you say benefit, our bank accounts, the spaces that we have available to us, do not benefit. But yeah. um, you know, it, it. My wife is probably a bigger nerd than I am. Oh. Well, yeah, I've just never, I've never been able to get, all the women I've dated sort of haven't been in that way inclined and stuff. I was just like, I need to get myself a nerd. Somebody who's going to be into the same things as me and stuff. He doesn't mind gaming and stuff, but yeah, just can never get yeah, there. So the, the, the time I went, I went into the Smith's game store and they had one of the um, Lego presentation things that are usually on the shelves of a uh, uh, Lego Y-Wing. And it was, it was 40 quid and I was like, I shouldn't really get it. What do you think? It's like, yeah, you should get it. Okay, I'll get it. <laughs> See, this, yeah, that's that's rom- that's romance right there. When you, when your missus is encouraging you to buy things like this, you know, never had that. It's just like, no, you should definitely not buy that. But um, yeah. 
<laughs> no, my wife is is into massively into Star Trek, and I can see like she would just absolutely be straight into this. I mean, um, we we have regular debates of which is better, Star Wars or Star Trek. I'm Star Wars, and clearly Star Trek, and we're not fallen out of it just yet, but we've had a few, you know, heated discussions about the relative merits of them both. Of course, I know I'm right and she's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> They're both amazing. You're both right. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'll, grant, I'll grant you that, even though I prefer Star Trek. I'd probably lean more towards Star Trek. But I love Star Wars. There was um somebody did so was it somebody did something recently? It was like a crossword, but the crossword was the clues um were in a way that you could win so the the, the main clue was it is the um the best of the sci the best of the sci fi trilogy. So obviously sci uh Star Trek geeks are going to Star Trek, and Star Wars geeks are saying Star Wars. But all the clues were had dual sort of kind of uh, meanings to them, so you could put in the Star Trek answers or the Star Wars answers and still be right. And I thought that was uh, I thought that was really good. Um, <laughs> that though. <laughs> That's the future. One of the best sci-fi trilogies ever. Back to the future. <laughs> The expense. Oh, the exp- my favorite is ba- Babylon Five. If we're going to go for sci-fi yes. setup, yes, it, I will say Babylon, Babylon Five. five. I, I, every time everybody watch says it, Babylon Five, it. it's just it, it's just that episode of Space where uh, <laughs> he, he's kind of trying to get he's trying to get fired from the from the the, the shop. He says Babylon Five's a big pile of shit. Get out! <laughs> get out. <laughs> it's a fair <laughs> response to me. <laughs> awesome. Said what the Slayer was rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, on right. So we're we're on an R now. So, um, on we 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 we, we forgot to do it last time, Pete, and we forgot to do it last time. But we oh. basically end our podcast now with a sort of like um like a little pop quiz, like a like a like a guessing game. So the the idea is. That you've got six, you you choose a a franchise, any sort of nerdy franchise. Could be Star Trek, could be Star Wars, could be Predator, could be anything, anything nerdy that you you know, any sort of nerdy franchise. You choose that, and we have you got to think of a character from that franchise, and then we have to guess that character. Uh, and you got sixty seconds. Uh, well, we've got sixty seconds uh, to to guess that. So. I would like you gentlemen to think of one of your favorite uh, franchises. Uh, think of a character within that franchise and then tell us what the franchise is. And then we've got 60 seconds to guess the character. Do you want to take this one, James? <laughs> Let's just think if they do, if, they, if you pick it, they're going to lose. <laughs> uh, it's going to be something super obscure. I'll tell you what, we'll start off. Pete, Pete can start us off. So Pete, what okay. have you got? Well, I'm going to completely bone Matt by saying Babylon 5. I don't know anything about Babylon 5. <laughs> well, you should watch it then, shouldn't you? All right, so this is going to be for you, chaps, because I, I, you know, I haven't seen very much Babylon 5. Okay, so... Oh, I don't remember character names. So I know who he's on about. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Babylon 5, 60 seconds. All right, so before we start this, right, so you can basically ask, you know, um, are they in this episode? Um are they, you know, so as many, you can ask are as many questions. Lions? Yeah. Are they bald Yeah, ask so. these questions and then you, you you guess, you can guess the characters. Narrow it down. down. Okay, so Babylon 5, 60 seconds, go. Are they human? Are they in- yes. 
Are they in season one? Yes. Is it Commander Sinclair? No. <laughs> uh, are they Earth Alliance? No. Are they Psycor? No. Ooh. Are they Corporate? No. Mm, okay. Do they work for the Shadows? Yes. Mr. Morden? Yes. Oh, very good. 39 <laughs> seconds. Hence the pause would answer, is he human? Well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you get the gist? Have you, have you yeah, got one for us? Ooh, I'm going to just double check something before I screw okay, this up. I, 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 I have one if you want me to go. You can both Easy. do one. Oh, yeah. By all means, do one. we do these? We put these on our TikTok. So um, by all means, the more the better. Cause it gives us more days to put things on. So uh, uh, James, give us yours then. Star Trek. Okay, so Star Trek. Sixty seconds. Go. Uh, original series. No. Uh, Next generation. Yes. Uh, Next generation is the uh, Deep Space Nine. No. So they're not. They're in the next generation. And they're not in Deep Space Nine. Okay. Are there any other Star Trek show other than Next Generation? Yeah. Okay. Are they in Picard? I'm going to admit that I hated the first season of it so much I didn't watch the second. So <sighs> I don't know. Okay. I'm pretty certain they're not going to be in Picard. Okay, fair enough. Are we in Voyager? Yes. Right. Okay. Ooh. Uh, Starfleet. Yes. Uh, Are they command rank? No. Voyager and Generation? Okay, were they a bridge officer? No. Okay, right. So, minutes up. We have one more question we can ask. We can all ask you one more question, and then we have to make a guess. So, um... Are they a recurring character in Generations? Yes. Generation. Generations, sorry, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Would, did they wear a yellow shirt? Sorry? Did they wear a yellow shirt? Yes. Barkley. Yep. Oh, we've had Barkley before. Oh, right, okay. I didn't realize he was a Voyager. On the way. With the Alpha Quadrant, he's part of the team trying to get them back. Ah, uh, yeah. right. You okay. just said, was he in the A-team? All right, yeah. 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 <laughs> he's Murdoch, isn't he? Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, fucking hell. Yeah. Right, okay, cool. Um... Nice one, Pete. I was I was clutching at straws there. Um, Wayne, what do you got for us? Uh, I've got one as well. Okay, fire away. One Star Trek. Oh, another Star Trek one. Okay, Star Trek. Another Star Trek one. 60 seconds ago. Uh, original series. No. Next Generation. Next Generation. Next Generation. Okay. Next Generation only. No. Right, were they also, also in DSPS 9? No. Are they a Picard? Yes. Very technically yes, but yes. I have to double check. Data. No. Tom, no. 
Some DS9. No. Is it? Is it? So Voyager. Not in Voyager. In Picard and Next Gen. Picard and Next Gen. Right. Okay. So first season of, of Picard. Is it the first season of Picard? Because if it's the second, I'm out. <laughs> Uh, it's the second, I think. Second, se- all right, oh. okay, right. So second season to Picard, and in general, the second. Oh, yeah, is it third right? Season, sorry, third season. First season. First, first season. season Picard. Is it? Okay. Is, is he human? No. Is it Star? Is, he- is Starfleet? No. Uh, yes, technically Starfleet. Okay, right, right, right. So we've had our minute. One more question, and then I have to have a guess. Right, so let, let's just like this. So, Star Trek Generation, um, technically Starfleet, uh, also in Picard. Yep. Um, yep. Um, did you say they were human? They're not human. Not human. So, not human, Star Trek uh, Generation, Picard, technically Starfleet. Ah, oh, God, I'm trying to think. This is going to be a, this is going to be something really obscure, isn't it? Oh, it's even, it's even more irritating than that. So much I have to double check memory output to make sure my memory was correct. Oh, God. All right. Um, is it an animal? No. I was thinking, like, spot the cat or something like that. I don't know if he was on Chinese. But, um, oh, God, I don't know. Pete? I am literally... Um, I... Are they bridge crew if they're part of Star Trek? No, right, they're okay. not bridge crew. Oh, we get really obscure here, aren't we? Yeah. So they're in. Wait a minute. So they're in. Oh, wait a minute. It's not Guinan, is it? Is it Guinan? No, she's no, not in the first. No, she's not. No, she's not in the first season. Uh, Only the first season. Say, technically in Picard. You might get me on a technicality here. Ah, oh, technically. <laughs> technically in Picard. Oh. It's it's not. Um, no, because he was human. I was going to say it's not. Um... Are they not, bro? No. Uh, that's that's my... All right, I think you're going to have to tell us. Yeah, I'm sorry. No. Mr. Mott the Barber. What? What? Mr. Mott the Barber appears in two episodes of Next Gen, and his sign appears in Picard. Mr. Moth here, here in Porium. Oh, I call it bullshit on uh, that, man. <laughs> wow. That was so, way obscure. Every outfit agrees with me. Uh, what? I'm fairly sure they're not Starfleet. He is Starfleet. He's is working it? on the Starship. Yeah, he's Starfleet. Doesn't mean you're, that doesn't mean you're Starfleet. C- you're working on civilian contractors. Civilian, civilian contractors. Yeah, That's the reason I didn't get it completely. <laughs> <laughs> it's the monster ship's father. Right, wow. Okay. Right, I guess it's mine. Um, I'm going to... I'm going to go... Star Wars. Um okay. Uh, I'm going to go Star Wars. Um, Let me think about this just to make sure um, who we've done already because we've done a fair few Star Wars ones. Um, Let me think. Um, I guess I don't want to be too too, um, obscure, but I don't want it to be too easy as well. Uh, Let me think. Who could it? Who can I? Uh, 
let me just check something here. Let me just give us. I just need to Google <laughs> something here. Did Mr. Martin that? You appears in two episodes. <laughs> I'm going to look. I'm going to Google that. Um, after after all this. <laughs> all I can remember is Wolf complaining about him cutting his hair too short. The last and time. Mr. Bot recommended it conditioning agent. Okay, alright. Is, is, is Mr. Mott in the episode where they're being sucked through into the parrot? Is it where he holds the scissors up? I don't think that's the time left. So he does, he does Picard tear, which is always hilarious for obvious reasons. Uh, bear with him on actually, because I think he might be in... Starship Mine is the when he does Picard tear. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Okay. So I've got this. Okay. So it's Star Wars, right? Okay. Um, Star Wars, 60 seconds. Go. Is he in a film good... or series? Oh, sorry. Say that again. Film or series? Um, he is in film and he is, uh, is in a one of the series. Are they in the original trilogy? He is in the original trilogy, yes. Okay, prequel trilogy. He is not in the prequel trilogy. Uh, and the, or the sequel trilogy. He's not in the sequel trilogy. Okay, so just okay. Are they in Rebels? Nope. Um, Clone Wars. Yes, yeah, in Clone Wars. Any other any other shows are, are they in? Uh no, he's in two. Uh, he's in. I'll give you the clue. He's in two of the uh, the original and uh, in Clone Wars. Okay, are they Imperial? No. Are they Bounty Hunter? Yes. Oh, right. Is it uh, Bosk? It's not Bosk. Are within... IG? It's not IG. Were the, were, the, were the bounty hunters at, on the bridge? Oh, the they, were on, they were on the bridge. Right, okay. So would Boba Fett. Not Boba Fett. <laughs> That'd be way too easy. Exactly. He's getting out of his bridge now. <laughs> yes, he's going to get Super Star Destroyer. He's going to go for them. Dengar. It is Dengar! Congratulations! Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> Very good. We overshot that way too long. It was too far, but anyway, it was indeed Dengar. Very good. Very good. Okay, gentlemen. Um, that was highly enjoyable. Um, so, uh, before we go, uh, have you, you know, websites where you're showing up next? Um, tell us what's... It's all on Facebook. I don't know if yeah, we've got around to build um, for UK Starship Bridge Simulator and Bank Holiday Weekend, you're at Strange Festival on the South Coast, but that's booked out. Um, so I don't know, it's camping and gaming for the weekend, so role play tabletop gaming down in Brighton. Um, right. that, that is fully booked out, as far as I'm aware. Not just us, the entire event is fully booked out. It's about oh, 500 wow. people camping. You, you, you can get in touch with us through the Facebook group and we can yeah. post up there anything we're doing next. Cool. Yeah. Just look up UK Starship Bridge Simulator. It will appear somewhere, or if you're in Cardiff, um, we're usually appearing somewhere randomly because we can be asked to do something in Cardiff. <laughs> <It's local. laughs> 
Right. And we will have to ra- we will have to range the USS Geek Prize. Oh yes, one hundred percent. I am so I was so up for that. Oh, so good. We are going to all die horrible deaths, no doubt. With no co- mean weapons. Yeah, no no cooperation whatsoever. But um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, looking forward to that. That'll be great. Um, okay, so for tonight, I've been Matt Gary. With me has been James Balls. Yep. Wayne Street. And my co-host, Peter Allison. Good night, everyone. And take care. Cheer. Night! Bye. Bye.